successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Brill Nation. Get a hooter. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host Jason Grill here on KMBZ 980 AM. And on iTunes and Stitcher if you're listening via podcast as well as at GrillNationShow.com, where you can find lists of all of our shows, guests, supporters, social media information, and whatnot. I hope you're having a happy holiday season and enjoying the great weather here in Kansas City and throughout the country. I want to thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill. Before we get into our exciting show today, we have a a great guest, and it's going to be a great conversation and journey here, and I'll introduce him in a second. Uh, The the partners and supporters of the Grill Nation Show, the title sponsors of the show are Trusts, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Advisors, and Ryan Rink. Guest contributors and co-hosts, on-air contributors and guest co-hosts of the show are uh, Ryan Maybe from the Rieger and Jay Rieger & Co., One Light Luxury Apartments, and Reactor Design Studios, and Clifton Alexander, who is a guest co-host and on-air contributor who joins me each each month with a cool and exciting guest. Thanks for all your support of the Grill Nation show. Again, those sponsors and supporters' websites and more information about them are at grillnationshow.com. You connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. I'm also on all other social medias. Just search for my name and uh, love to connect with you. And I appreciate you all listening and sending me guests from time to time. On today's show, we will be joined for the full hour by Alan Galen, who's the owner of Bread and Butter Concepts, a, a great company here in Kansas City and throughout the uh, the area here on the Missouri and Kansas side. Bread and Butter Concepts is uh, about surrounding you with things you expect from an ultimate host. In each of our restaurants, you'll find yourself in a relaxing environment that remains energetic and exciting. A place you'll want to bring friends where you'll feel welcome. They uh, tend to your needs while enjoying the company of friends. Each of our establishments will immerse you in a feeling of comfort and belonging. Uh, Alan Galen, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks. I'm great. Great to see you. Uh, yeah. So uh, so you're a busy man. You have a great entrepreneurial story and uh, a lot of things that maybe people don't know about you when they visit the restaurants. But um, for those of you, we'll get into that story here in the next segment. But in this right. first segment, I really kind of wanted to talk about kind of your company, Bread and Butter Concepts, and really kind of focus on uh, the different restaurants okay. that, that you guys open. Yeah, so, sure. so give us kind of a, an overview of the company first, and then we'll get into kind of some of the concepts. For sure, yeah. We, ha- we have eight restaurants. Uh, we started the company in uh, 2009, and... Uh, moved to Kansas City and decided uh, this would be a great great place for for a lot of reasons. One, my my wife is from here, and we had she had some deep roots and connections in Kansas City. So, um, and the economy here has has always remained fairly consistent. So, it was something that we looked at, and as we looked at the restaurant industry here, and decided, you know, let's let's give it a run. And, and we'll get into that after, after about your journey. But in 2009, you know, the, the economy it, was an interesting spot. It was, when you started it was, to do this. It was in, a, in a, in a fairly bad spot for the restaurant industry. Um, 2007 ish is when casual dining industry really crashed pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the big casual dining companies were really taking a, taking a beating. And, uh, you know, that's when Las Vegas and Phoenix and Florida, all the big cities started really 
really hurting on the housing side. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was a it was a risky time <laughs> uh, to say the least. But right. um, you know, e- e- entrepreneurs, I think that's one thing that they do. You know, they're not willing to take risks, and you know, you have to take taking risks at, in those kind of times or some kind times the times that pays off best. So mm-hmm. you know, we saw an opportunity that uh, we felt like there was a real need, and uh, you know. So did you start when you started the company? Did you did you envision having a, a lot of different concepts, or was it just like we're going to try a restaurant out and see? Yeah, what I never even thought about. 10 deep or 20 or 30 or anything like that. You know, our goal is to open one successful business and, you know, see what happened after that. And, uh, you know, the traditional way to grow a company and, you know, the restaurant industry would be to, you know, open one concept and then grow that particular concept, you know, and you Mm -hmm. see 10 of them or 12 of them. And, um, you know, that's kind of what we had in mind if we were looking at the future at all would be to, to do that. But, didn't quite turn out that way. For us, so. <laughs> We're talking to Alan Galen, who's the owner and CEO of Bread and Butter Concepts here in the Kansas City area. The website is bread in the letter n butterconcepts.com. So talk to us about your uh, restaurants uh, that you have on board right now, and, and yeah, and BR- give us give us a flyover of each of them. Yeah, BRGR Kitchen and Bar is our first first one. Burger uh, concept, burger, burger concept. Craze, kind of, we call it a modern burger concept, but yeah. it's really a casual dining concept with a focus on burgers. So you know we do. Uh, traditional stuff and a little bit off the wall, but everything's fresh, you know, chef driven, mm-hmm. made in house. Um, you have you have a, a an interesting dish there called tachos, tachos, the ta- the tater yeah. tot nachos. And yeah, I've enjoyed those on a few Sundays they, watching football. Yeah, they're they're pretty fun. They're pre- you know not uh, tot- tots tater tots are pretty hard not to like. They got so, pretty popular there. Yeah, they did. They're really popular. We just came up with some new versions. You know, some you know a nachos version and a routine version in a couple mm-hmm. different ways. So you guys have uh, a BRG or a couple locations, we have right? three total, three, one okay. in Prairie Village, uh, downtown at B&L District, 14th and Main, and then in Leewood at uh, 135th and Row. Mm-hmm. So you got that going on. We got that going on. And then our second lo- second restaurant was Urban Table, which is also in the uh, Corinth Center at 83rd and Mission. Farm to Table, uh, American lunch and breakfast, uh, brunch on the weekends there. And then at dinner, we flip over to an uh, Italian-American menu, uh, which we just recently did about three or four months ago. So, um, But it's fresh, using local ingredients, uh, uh, mid-price point, uh, kind of a, a really cool environment. Really kind cool. Uh, envi- yeah, yeah you, the build was really good. The, the environment is pretty modern. Yeah, it's very modern, but very casual. It's a ca- casual setting, easy to relax, and just uh, – Kind of that neighborhood, kind of cool hip neighborhood place, you know. Mm-hmm. Like um, then we opened Graham and Dunn. Um, when did you guys open that? Graham and Dunn, we opened six years ago, November 22nd. Just last week was our six-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, kind of an upscale American. It started out as a gastropub. Gastropubs are kind of gone by the wayside in name now, but it's just really cool culinary American creations is is really what it is. It's a, It's got a great environment. Obviously, the patio is about a hundred seats overlooks Brush Creek and all the hotels and condos on. Uh, it's on open. Plaza, it's so. open pretty much year round with the weather the way it is. But also you have fire pits out there. We have fire pits out heaters. there. So if it's fifty or above, it's pretty comfortable around the fire pits. And yeah, if we can catch catch weekends like last weekend, it's all good, right? <laughs> so you uh, got that, and then you got a couple other concepts. We do. We do. We have a uh, uh, Taco Republic over uh, across the street from Oklahoma Joe's uh, Mission Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an outdoor, really a Texas taco version, you know, big outdoor area, mm-hmm. a lot of fun tacos and quesos and things like that. Um, and then we have um, the Oliver, 
which uh, we kind of call the call Amer- upscale American tavern, if you will. We kind of do approachable, recognizable foods there, really cool drinks. We have bottle cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of in a library setting a little bit, just on the plaza around the corner from Graham and Dunn on Jefferson Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our newest restaurant, Stock Hill, uh, upscale. Steakhouse. About a year old, right? About a year old. Year old uh, coming up. Friday, actually. It's a modern steakhouse. Modern steakhouse. A little bit different than your traditional steakhouse, you know, and the ambiance is, is certainly more more big city, more modern feeling. Menu's a little more diverse than your tr- traditional steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Galen is our guest on the show today from Bread and Butter Concept, CEO. Uh, won a lot of awards, if you go to the website, uh, accolades, if you will, for the restaurants. We just breeze through them real quickly, but we'll get more into them after the break. I want to talk to Alan about his his entrepreneurial journey and, and it really kind of dive deeper into the being a restaurant tour and what that takes and also talk about some of the time he spent uh over with hula hands and uh throughout the country uh it's going to be a fun show today and then we'll talk a little more after that about kind of the kansas city restaurant scene you're listening to grill nation here on kmbz 980 a.m thanks for joining Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on KMBZ 980 AM and on iTunes and Stitcher via podcast as well at grillnationshow.com. We're talking to Alan Galen, who's the owner of Bread and Butter Concepts, a uh, really cool restaurant group here in Kansas City. They have uh, eight, is it eight concepts? Eight, eight, eight okay. concepts. We didn't get into one of them, which we can talk about later, but you've got a lot of things going on here and a lot of different uh, restaurants and, and, and great employees and, and, and great people that work with you. Um, in this segment, I kind of want to talk about the, the journey, if you will. We'll, we'll hopefully finish it off the segment. I know you've done a lot of stuff, but, uh, when I talked to you, uh, in, in before this, you know, I, I didn't realize all of the different things you had done kind of in the restaurant industry, but you started off in Texas, right? You grew up in Tyler, Texas, and, uh, you went to University of, uh, Texas yeah, at Austin. Right? I did. I did. So tell us about that. Did you envision kind of doing this when you were in, in college or what was that like? I didn't envision it. I had no, no plans of being in the restaurant business whatsoever. I really planned on being in the, Retail business, which would be following my grandfather and my dad, who owned uh, shoe stores and ladies' ready-to-wear stores, which was kind of like, you know, keeping in the family, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, that's what I went to school for and kind of envisioned getting out of school and going to work for those guys or somewhere in that in that industry. But along the way, I fell into the restaurant business uh, trying to make a few bucks to get through school, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, me and my uh, me and my friend went to uh, and got a, re- got a job in a restaurant in uh, – Tyler, Texas, uh, we were home for the summer and, um, you know, we had no idea what we were doing because we had never worked in a restaurant, but, but, but we told, told I think the, it's good that everyone works. I worked in a restaurant, uh, yeah. in high school and bus boy at a pretty, at the time was in the Northland was a pretty high dining facility called Rembrandt's back then. Yeah. And, uh, but then, you know, in college, I, I worked at a great place in St. Louis called Schneidhorst and I bartended and I served, you know, did the whole thing. I, I, I think it was a great experience. It is a great experience. It's, you know, first it's a good way to make a little bit of money. I know people make a lot of money. Make a lot of yeah. money. And, you know, but second of all, you know, it's a good, you got to learn good work ethic in the restaurant industry because it's hard work. And, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a lot of things you can learn about leadership and management and just, uh, you know, every day showing up for, 
for your job and doing a good job. You're so, dealing with people too, and dealing with people, which is the, the you know main part of the business. So you um, <clears throat> you got to meet some great restaurant tours right on on this way and in different cities such as New Orleans and in Houston and Dallas, and then you uh, you worked at a, uh, a was it a steakhouse or a seafood place in Dallas? You were telling me. I did. I did. Yeah. I worked, worked, well, I worked for a couple of different really cool places. One in Houston, Brennan's of Houston, which okay. I got to, uh, meet some of the Brennan family and, uh, worked with those guys for, for a short period of time in Houston and, you know, got to go to New Orleans and interview with Ella Brennan, one of the all time greatest restaurateurs that, that we've known in America. Um, and then the whole Brennan family. But, uh, then in Dallas, uh, Worked with some great restaurant tours there too, mostly uh, local restaurant guys, but uh, some very successful people. So, so you, uh, when did you decide to kind of go on your own? I guess you would say. I didn't decide to go on my own till, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been in the business for 50, twenty-five years before I really made the the, the mm-hmm. decision that you know I think maybe it's the right time. So you, uh, you know, you did all these great things. You worked with all these great uh, restaurant tours and folks, and for many years and. Um, you, you obviously, you mentioned your friend that you, you grew up with and whatnot, and, and, and somehow you, you got roped into Hands. Tell us about that. Yeah, I was in, I I'd actually worked for TGI Fridays in, that's what it in was, yeah. Dallas. Um, that's how I got my initial entry into the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been in the independent world, and they kind of recruited me. They were going to start some new, uh, new concepts, and they wanted really a, a different look and entrepreneur look at things. And so they hired me to help develop this Italian concept. And were, were you shocked when you got that call? I was shocked. I hadn't. <laughs> I didn't even know what the heck I was doing. I, you know, I'd never worked for a big company, not that big before. So, um, but people had noticed you, and uh, these people had noticed you in the marketplace. Yeah, they come. They come in for lunch. The CEO and CFO okay. come in one of our fine dining restaurants, and um, you know, yeah, I got the call from the CEO of TGI Fridays. And like, <laughs> what, what the heck is this? You know, what does he want? Is he's, I thought he's going to complain about his lunch or something. Sure. But, yeah. Uh, um, no. So I went over and talked to him. One thing led to another. I went to work for him, worked for him for five or six years and helped him develop this new Italian concept and open some around the country. And it was unbelievable experience, you know, for me to be able to walk into a company like that and get a shot at learning things at the very top level rather than having to work we're way all the way up from mm-hmm. a GM to a multi-unit guy. I mean, I got to kind of start at the development side. Um, and I'd never done that before. I'd never been a multi-unit manager at the, you know, at sure. that point I'd always just run one unit. So, um, it was, uh, it was an interesting and great opportunity for me. Uh, and that led to, you know, Houlihan's, um, were you in Kansas city then? Or were you in Phoenix? I can't remember. You, actually, you actually I went to work for Houlihan's. I decided to leave, uh, Dallas and uh, move and uh, got a job working for Hulands. They shipped me to North Carolina. Okay, and I was a multi-unit operator out there. I helped uh, manage some of their different operations out on the East Coast, and uh, ultimately became vice president of their East Coast operations, and then uh, eventually became chief operating officer of the entire company. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, and and that at that point, were you thinking about? franchising or franchisee or well i learned you? i wasn't thinking about franchising at the time i didn't know much about franchising uh-huh. you know when i was with fridays you know one of the reasons we started the new companies the new restaurants was because there was no more franchises left so mm-hmm. didn't really get to be involved in that but in the Hulahan side the franchising side was a big part of our business that's right yeah um, some of our franchisees were Quite honestly, when I joined the company, we're better operators than the corporate side of the business. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I learned a lot about both sides there. And um, as we rebranded the company, 
um, kind of went the new new route, I saw something that I thought was really special. So that's when I decided to leave Hands and become a Hands franchisee. Okay. So so, so tell us about that experience. Because <laughs> you, you were in North Carolina, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I moved to Kansas City. It was here for five, four or five years, and then um, that's when I decided to become a franchisee. And, you know, I guess you would say that was my first entrepreneurial decision. Okay. Um, you and you know, were you were in Kansas City, but were, were you going to franchise in? Was it Austin franchi- or Phoenix? We or? actually franchised Austin and Phoenix. Okay. Um, we moved to Phoenix. Uh, I moved to Phoenix, and uh, we uh, we started to develop there. We started developing in Austin, and that was in 2000, really beginning of 2006. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're, you're, so we're talking yeah. to Alan Galen, who's the CEO of Bread and Butter Concepts at the time. You were uh, the economy was flying high. It was it's flying five high. Six, in you know, oh four, oh five. Yeah, casual sure, dining, let's kicking do this. it. Let's open. Went out and got a partner. Had plenty of money, I thought. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then uh, you know we opened. Uh, we actually opened two units. One in uh, one in uh, in Florida, which we had a little bit of a territory there too. One in Austin. We had one under construction in Phoenix, and. 2007 came mm-hmm. and that's you know we were talking about a little bit earlier about the crash of 2007 it was hard on the casual dining business and um it, i mean i don't think people realize how hard it was when you look back i mean uh just how bad the economy was there for was people. companies that closed hundreds of units yeah you know and uh, a lot you know those a lot of those companies were so big they couldn't really change what they were doing to conform to the needs of the consumer at the time because they had thousands of restaurants. Mm-hmm. You can't just change a brand overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a small restaurateur, you can go close and rebrand things. We've done it. We did it once already. Um, and, and you can be successful at it, but you can't change TGI Friday's brand. Right. You can give it a new look and <laughs> put some menu. new menu items yeah. on there, but you can't be not be Friday's anymore. So yeah. um, it was really, really tough. It was Probably, and we've seen lots of cycles in the restaurant industry, but never one that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so you decided at that point uh, might not be good to do three of them. Is uh, that what happened? Yeah, we actually had a development deal to do twelve of them total. And wow. I fortunately, like I said, I left Fridays. I mean, Hulands had a great relationship with those guys, and I just said, "Hey, what do you guys think if we, you know, figure out a way we can just negate these this contract?" <laughs> and, uh, I actually sold the two restaurants we had, and uh, that's when I decided to. Uh, take a run at opening my own restaurant. Yeah, and did you have a, a partner you mentioned? I did. It was the guy that I talked about earlier that I got the job with in, uh, when we were in college. Okay. Um, Glenn Roberts, he's still my partner today, um, and uh, he's, in the oil bu- he's in the oil business. He lives in Houston, and we started uh, Bread and Butter Concepts. Was he, uh, what was his attitude about the restaurant business? I mean, was he, was, you're obviously a lot more hands-on maybe than he is, but was he... Um, you know, was he wanting to grow one business? You mentioned you you could have grown maybe grown BRGR or was he into the whole like let's try a different bunch of different. Things. He he was really into growing the BRGR concept and that plan. And um, you know, he was in the oil business in two thousand eight. Life was really good, uh, <laughs> not as good today. But um, you know, so uh, you know, and that was really our plan. Watching some of these burger concepts that had started to grow. Um, you know, Five Guys was on a serious role at the time and that's when fast casual was making its move and taking casual dining out a little bit and that was causing some of the some of the the situation with fast casual with Mm -hmm. the casual dining so that was really kind of the plan open one but let's focus on that see how it goes and then you know if it goes well 
we'll see about developing you know that brand so you've you've done on both sides you've been a franchisee and a franchisor i have <laughs> <laughs> and so which which one did you like better you know um i love being a franchisor um because you have you know you get to go out there and develop the whole thing the hard part of being a franchisor is uh, is getting the franchisees to do what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. Being a franchisee and being on the creative conceptual side of things, um, I didn't. I wasn't a very good franchisee because I always thought I could do it better. And then I I learned, you know, being a franchisee that you can't always do it better, but uh, you have you have to balance the whole thing, and it, and it's really uh, really difficult. But today, you know, some of the franchisees are bigger than the corporate world. Mm-hmm. You know, Applebee's today is there's no corporate stores left. It's completely franchised. So, mm-hmm. you know, those guys have grown bigger than the corporate side. So it's, it's a delicate balance. Um, I don't know if I, I'd probably, I'd probably still want to be a franchisee though. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Alan Galen, who's the CEO and owner of bread and butter concepts, uh, on the show today. Great, fascinating story and great profile. Uh, after the break, I want to talk more about, uh, Stock Hill and Urban Table, but also, uh, maybe kind of get into the evolution and some of the other restaurants you started and talk about kind of the Kansas City restaurant scene and growth and some of our issues, uh, pluses and minuses. And, you know, we'll talk about technology and anything, uh, moving forward, what he's excited about with future growth uh, with the company here on the Grill Nation show. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body. Welcome back to uh, the Grill Nation show on KMBZ 980 AM. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us again, again today. Hope you're enjoying your holiday season and uh, hope you're enjoying the show today. Uh, we're speaking with Alan Galen, who's the CEO of Bread and Butter Concepts here in Kansas City. Uh, one of your restaurants, Stock Hill, uh, which is located uh, just off the plaza, on the plaza, but in the old Board of Trade building, was just recognized by Thrillist as one of the top uh, steakhouses in the country. Uh, let me read an excerpt from that. Uh, it says, it takes something special to make Kansas City residents take notice of your steak game. Fortunately, Stock Hill provided to be, be special almost immediately when it opened last year. It has innovative appetizers like lobster, I uh, can't pronounce that, with barbecue ranch pork <laughs> rides and pickled cherry peppers. Some of the stuff I just eat, Alan, I don't, yeah, you know, just right. it tastes good. You don't have to uh, know how to say it. But anyways, so Stock Hill, uh, you get a huge write-up up there, uh, kind of unexpected, but uh, tell us about that story, about that happened. I mean, that's pretty cool to be in the top 30 or 31 steakhouses in the country uh, in year yeah. one. Yeah, it was to- it was actually totally unexpected. We uh, they had contacted us several months ago just looking for some base information, which they typically do little store, you know, do information on their website mm-hmm. and stuff about, you know, cool restaurants opening in cities and so forth. And, um, so we didn't really think anything of it. And then, uh, one Saturday morning, a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine, uh, actually a guy that helps us with our real estate development called me like seven o'clock in the morning. He goes, did you see that article? I go, what article? He goes, <laughs> That's he always me, an interesting yeah. call to get from your friend. Yeah. <laughs> it go, could be good or bad. What? Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going. Oh my God! What, what's what's up? But uh, so he emailed he uh, emailed it to me real quick, and uh, so yeah, we didn't know. But to be in the company of the restaurants that are on that list, um, some of the best steakhouses in the country that have been around for a long time, and some of the newer ones that are making waves in in Denver and Chicago and other markets, uh, was a real honor, and for us to be in that that it's just been great for us. So. And you guys uh, obviously put a lot of work into that building. 
We did. We put a ton of work into the building and a ton of money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the fixtures are great and, and the look is it's great. It's a really cool building. And, and you wanted that building because of, of the windows and, and whatnot. And we did. You couldn't find that probably on the Plaza Main. No, we were actually looking at the, that, the same building but in a different location in the building with lower ceilings. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, after we were negotiating, we just couldn't get it to work. And, you know, they were they had already leased the space we were in to somebody. Or they had already had a negotiation on it. And, um, you know, I was like, God, if we could just knock that floor out and open up these windows, this place would be dynamic. And mm-hmm. ultimately, uh, they came back to us and said, uh, you know, we think that idea of that steakhouse in this corner may re- be a great idea. So, and you've been thinking about Kansas City has a great history of, obviously, steak, but there isn't any local Right. Steakhouses. I mean, you have um, Plaza Plaza uh, Three. Plaza Three. And, and you'd have been uh, you'd obviously followed that and yeah. Had if you've been in Kansas City for a long time, you know kind of the history of the <clears throat> sure. the, the, the steakhouses, the local steakhouses, and you know, growing up in Texas, you know, you hear about the barbecue here, and you hear about the Midwest steak and how mm-hmm. great it is. And then, kind of when I moved here and started coming back and forth, I was like, well, there's there's a couple, but you know, it's all as more time corporate. went on, yeah. it was more the classic version, and I was like, you know. I think Kansas City's missing a new version. You know, that's what's happening in the bigger cities and the markets where mm-hmm. these new modern steakhouses. So it was something I've been thinking about for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and, cool. Yeah. It was and cool you guys to be able to, ex- be able to get, actually get it done. You guys get a lot of um, business travelers and corporate business there. We do. We see a lot of people from other markets and, uh, you know, corporate, you know, the corporate dollars are always good. You know, they mm-hmm. spend a lot of money, but um, just to get people in from Chicago, New York, San Francisco, uh, those types of cities we actually had, maybe not popular with the Chiefs fans, but we had the president of the uh, Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. and his entourage in on uh, Saturday night before the game. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we do get a lot of those kind of people, and especially now that we got the recognition, you know, people are like, oh, i got to try when this When people place, Google you know? what steakhouses in Kansas City, they're going to see that they're article. See, that's right. That's great. That's great news. Um, and, and, and into the future, you know, you guys obviously uh, put a lot of time and effort into Stock Hill and uh, – you know, you, from reading articles uh, in the media, uh, you guys have had some some good times, some great times, some okay times. Yeah. So you're looking forward to 2018. We are looking forward to 2018. It's it's you know we're excited about it, and we have a lot of things to to a lot of things to offer and a lot of things to do in next year. But you know, yeah, it was a, it was a it was a good year. We started out great, and then summertime came. It was kind of an odd, inconsistent summer for us in all our restaurants, but. Steak business is not great in the summertime, any as it is anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some rumors flying around about <laughs> different things that were going to happen to our restaurant, but uh, none of that was it was rumors. That's all it was. And mm-hmm. um, you know, we like I said, once the article came out, the holidays are here. Our sister, you know, our sales are doing great, and we're really in a good place. But you know, we're going to have some celebrity chef dinners. We got some really cool things planned. We got restaurant week coming up, and um, that'll be that fun. Should be a great year. Yeah, that will be really cool. And at some point, maybe you can get those other chefs to come in from the oh, Thrillist yeah. article. Oh, yeah. From other yeah. steakhouses. Yeah, that's the whole plan is to get three or four of those guys off that list and uh, do a celebrity chef great steakhouse dinner. That mm-hmm. uh, should be really fun. Well, that's cool. I think Kansas City does need more of that local uh, the local dining, and you guys have really kind of focused on that with your company um, and whatnot. Tell me about uh, the Cherry Cherry Hall. Is that what it's called? Cherry Hall, yeah. yeah. It's uh we haven't we, talked about that yet. We haven't. No, we moved into our office, new offices down in the crossroads. So you guys, you guys really are all over the place. We you are crossroads and We're in the crossroads. Uh, <laughs> Dave, Kansas, uh, Missouri, not too downtown. far from our restaurant in PNL District, but we we have twenty thousand square feet down there, and we have our offices. We have a hydroponic business where we grow lettuces and herbs that we 
organics for our own restaurants, and we sell it to sell them too. But then we have ten thousand square feet, which we're going to be. Uh, in fact, I'm meeting with the uh, contractors. We're getting ready to start uh, next week, but um, it'll be our R and D kitchen, our R and D bar will be in the, in this space. But the idea is that it's an event center. It'll it'll seat about 250 people. Um, we'll be able to do weddings, receptions, all kinds of things. We'll also do cooking classes there. We'll do all of our main catering out of there. Um, so it's so open for 2018, open for that? Yeah, yeah, we're open to open around May. Okay. May or June at the latest. Okay, very cool. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, you guys also, too, I'm just kind of knocking off some things yeah. here I've been reading about. Uh, you've been very successful with the collaboration with Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah. So you guys, uh, not only are you, you opening more local local restaurants, you're also collaborating a lot with companies and, and the Chiefs. We are, yeah. We, we Our first uh, concession, if you will, um, with the Chiefs this year, we opened a BRGR at Section hundred and one Oh three, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been really successful. I think uh, they were telling us a couple of weeks ago, we were the second highest grossing concession there. So um, it's been fun. It's kind of our entry in to get a little bit of a feel and get us some experience for that type of business. Um, we've talked to, to the Royals before and uh, in fact, we'll be talking to them again soon. And then you got the new airport coming online, you know, in a few years. So, um, it's cool to something. have local local restaurants and yeah, stadiums, I mean, yeah. and I think a lot of the, the the market has moved away from that. Whenever I go to another stadium, another city, and they have, you know, they'll have their corporate whatever. But right. I, I did like how growing up, how I go to Royals game, I could get like Gates Barbecue exactly. or Boulevard, you know, exactly. Like, and then now it's the the trend is to move back to that in the stadiums and in the airports, especially. You know, mm-hmm. you hit the, you know, you hit the Phoenix Airport, for example. You can find Sam Fox restaurants all over the place. And mm-hmm. It's cool. You get to go to something that's really unique and different. And it's not just the typical know, stuff. The typical stuff that's there. So yeah, we'll be interested in doing some stuff like that. Alan Galen is my guest. Uh, having a great time here from Bread and Butter Concepts. Talk to me about um, fast casual. Because the market's changing. Uh, we mentioned a lot about that, but you also have technology now. I mean, I remember. As a, as a high school student, the first time maybe it was in college that you could go up to like an Applebee's or whatever, and they had like a parking spot for carryout. Now we're talking about ordering on your phone. We're talking about uh, w- what's going on in that market because people are tending, to, I think, to maybe eat more at home than their office, but they 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 grab care or they get it delivered via Uber Eats or Postmates or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it just in you know in recent years, I mean, to go business got to be pretty big. You know, people were were coming to pick up their food and um, you know they wanted to take it home and eat, but that requires a trip a call or an, or an order, you know, some type of call, then get in the car, drive down there, pick it up, yeah. you know, get home. It's not quite right. So, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of things that can happen, but uh, now, you know, people don't even want to go. They don't even want to get out into the car. Yeah. They just want to, they, they really want to go online and order. Um, and then, you know, make sure that uh, it gets delivered a hundred percent and 30 minutes later it's there. And there's a variety of different companies out there that are doing the delivery side, but, Fast casual business has really shown some signs of decrease here this year. Um, it was projected to be the best in not in business that would never, you know, never go away. It was always going to be at a high level. You know, mm-hmm. that's when the Five Guys and the um, Paneras and Chipotle's and uh, all of those guys were just booming. You know, and um, I'm not sure why that. You know, we saw this turn so quickly but i do think the biggest part is technology millennials <laughs> uh, they've changed our world um especially in the last last year a year and a half two years for sure 
And it's funny because it's uh, it's very expensive. It is expensive too. too. I, I I was just talking to you. I fair if I want to get a sandwich at lunch from from wherever I'm on the plaza, right. I could spend thirty dollars yeah. with delivery costs and all of that. Six bucks. Seven yeah, bucks. yeah. And doesn't matter if you order ten entrees or one. It's going to cost you the same thing. And and the cost to us as operator is expensive too. Um, but you know you got to kind of the way I, the way we look at it on the on the delivery side is. We're already there. We're already paying the rent. We're already paying the people. Um, you know, so if they're taking a percentage, which they do, a pretty good size percentage, it's still worth it because we're getting the extra sale. The hard part to swallow really is the people that are doing the to-go, coming to pick up their to-go business where we don't have to pay that percentage to the delivery service are now about 50% of those are ordering through the delivery services. Mm-hmm. So that costs us an extra 20, 25%, you know, uh, but you know, you got about fifty percent of incremental sales. So, uh, but it's going to be. It's going to. I predict it's going to be a way, a continued way of the future. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think that there, we'll see some restaurants open up uh, in Kansas City, and we've seen it in the big city already, where there are no seats, just kitchens. Um, drive in, you can pick it up, or it's going to be delivered. Interesting. And that's all it is. It's just a kitchen. That's interesting. It's yeah. Much uh, less cost there and build out for exactly. you guys. But, exactly. And labor cost. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, we're talking to Alan Galen, Bread and Butter Concepts. We'll be back for our final segment after the break. We're going to talk about Kansas City restaurant scene, the future of Bread and Butter Concepts and whatnot. You're listening to Grill Nation. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. I hope you enjoyed the show here on 980 AM KMBZ as well as on podcasts via iTunes and Stitcher Radio and at grillnationshow.com. Alan Galen has been our guest, CEO and owner of Bread and Butter Concepts. They have seven restaurants and an eighth. Uh, Cherry Hall is coming on board here soon uh, in the crossroads. Uh, Alan, we talked to all the entrepreneurs and business owners. I wanted to kind of get your take on some some good advice for entrepreneurs or people thinking about uh, opening up a restaurant. What's your take on that? Sure. Well, you know, I think you, you got to be number one. You got to be realistic about what you're going to do, and you know, have have a great business plan. Business plan is you know something that you got to have to to guide you, mm-hmm. but it's not the whole Bible. You know, you're going to run into some hurdles along the way, but um, being realistic with what you can, you know, what you can really what you can really handle. Um, you know, is that a hundred thousand dollar investment for a restaurant, or is that a two million dollar investment everybody has different you know different approaches and different different obviously financial uh ways to raise money and uh and invest money but um you know it's, i think that's really important you know you have to and then the other piece for me is have a good mentor um you know people that go out there and seek as much advice as you can possibly seek uh no advice is bad advice uh just take it all in and understand as much as you possibly can about opening your own business because there's going to be a lot of hurdles that you face that uh, you might not necessarily thought of before. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just so much more to it, and especially in the restaurant industry, there's 900 moving parts uh, and 900 different pieces of it. You know, know, you're selling products, you're marketing, you're branding. uh, You've got the employee side, the people side, the consumer side. Um, It's it's pretty much, uh, you know, all encompassed there. Mm -hmm. 
Kansas City has a lot of new restaurants opening up right now, doesn't it? We had a lot of, we've had a lot of restaurants, uh, to grow and have been successful. Obviously you guys have been successful. You, you, you've, you've got good revenue, right? For this we year. Do. And, and you, you mentioned to me off air that BRGR is in the power and light district has been a great success. Revenue is, is up big because of the streetcar. Right. And that, exactly. that, that, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, there was a while where we couldn't get local places down there and now Nick Benjamin over there and others are. Yeah. Nick's done a great job along with the mayor. I mean, yeah. they've really, really done what they said they were going to do and what they set out to do. And it's made a huge difference and it's happened a lot faster downtown than we expected it mm-hmm. to. And I, you know, that's a hats off to, to the, to the people that are visit KC, the people that are helping it grow and, and the community itself. But, mm-hmm. um, we're getting a lot more mixed use, a lot more residential. Uh, absolutely. is that, is that, that's going to continue to grow. Um, some of the issues we might have as a city, what is it? Not enough talent. Like I hear that with yeah. tech companies, with whatever business, you yeah, know, it's you need whatever talent. business, but you know, right. And I think, and you know, yeah, I think every big business will tell you there's not enough qualified people, but restaurant industry is, uh, especially in that in that place right now, you know, there's a lot more restaurants opening than there are uh, qualified people to run to to work in them, uh, and uh, so you know it, it's hard. You know, you you get a job anywhere you want it, whenever you want it. That makes it uh, difficult for people for you know your turnover situation, and then mm-hmm. you know, cost you more for training and so forth. Um, as the city continues to grow, um, as more young people move here and we continue to build residential stuff that they want to live in like mm-hmm. downtown living and loft living and that kind of thing. Um, you know, we'll see more people move here and, mm-hmm. you know, I think now more, more young people are coming from out of college and going, Hey, Kansas City's not a bad place to go. It's a little more affordable. Um, there's plenty of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need those folks. We do. And, uh, one of the things we talk about that gets forgotten about when you're talking about incentives or, you know, economic development is business tourism. And so um, people don't always think about that, but that is huge for what you do, right? It is absolutely huge for what we do. You know, I mean, um, the the community supports restaurants all the time, but they support them mostly on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah, uh, and Sunday. Um, but you know, the business traffic comes. You know, that's what supports a lot of these restaurants Monday through Thursday, uh, and uh, you know that means bringing conventions here. That means bringing. Uh, big business here. Uh, those are those are businesses. That's that the convention hotel type stuff. The, the visitors, you know, the the, the new airport. I mean, all new those airport, things help right. the restaurant industry. Absolutely, and you know, we have, like I said, we've had we got some great great business, you know, great support here with Visit KC and the the the, the mayor and the people that are that are trying to do that. And mm-hmm. As they continue to grow, uh, we'll we'll see more people come, and that will help our businesses. Urban Table. Uh, We've got a lot of stuff going on right now uh, for, for 2018 in the future. Are you excited about that and, and kind of the growth of that restaurant? You no, know, I am really excited about it. It's been, you know, we've changed the concept a few times so, yeah. um, or changed things about the concept. We started out, it was kind of fast casual. You kind of walk up to the counter and order, and that was lunch and breakfast. And then, you know, we and then at dinner you didn't do that. And then we took the counter out, and, you know, and then now we switched to, you know, more of a modern Italian menu at dinner time. Um, so it's been through some, some changes, but it's just, it, it's one of our restaurants. I think that people go, Oh, I forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, we got so many now. Yeah, we got eight. <laughs> and so, and it's, it's really one of the coolest, it's really a cool way of, of dining. It's very casual, but it's really hip and cool. Um, the food is farm to mar- farm to table kind of at lunch and brunch. We have a huge brunch business that we do. People really love the brunch there. In fact, we're getting ready to roll out some new brunch sandwiches, some, uh, 
cool different waffle brunch sandwich. Okay. Pretty cool. Um, and then so uh, continuing to, to evolve, and obviously you guys do a lot with the community and, and, we do. and whatnot, and you'll be doing more of that and having more specials and whatnot. Yeah, we're doing a couple really really neat promotions for uh, the holidays. We're going to provide some warm meals for some people in need, and mm-hmm. it's one of the things I'm really excited about doing this year. So we're going to deliver out some some Christmas dinners to people that really need it. Mm-hmm. Alan Galen is our guest, Bread and Butter Concepts. Okay, so uh, you guys always look at future growth, right? Potential. We do. Uh, Potential. Have you have you have you ventured into other cities yet, or what do you? What are we you have not. For? You know, that's one thing you have to. You know, I, I, I tell people, you know, moving your business from one city and all of a sudden you're in a, multiple cities. Um, there, there's a lot of things that you have to think about, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of things you have to be very, uh, very ready to. To look at and ready to cross when you do that because it changes the whole dynamic of your business and the whole the whole structure of your business all of a sudden you can't drive to every one of your restaurants every day mm-hmm. um, you know you have to manage restaurants in, in other markets so you have to you have to be prepared for that and if you're not you can you know you can you can lose very quickly and you know you have closures of restaurants that you know so locations important too I mean you you, you see look Graham and Dunn success right. um, now, had you to open that in a different space in the plaza, maybe it wouldn't have worked if you opened it in St. Louis or in Chicago. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. And we've looked for locations for Graham and Dunn in other markets and hadn't been able to find the exact right spot. So, mm-hmm. and that's the other thing about moving to a new city. You know, you go, you don't have the same feel for that city that you that you don't live in. So, you know, you take advice of other people. But um, we are looking to grow into other markets. You know, uh, as we uh, as we. For the next few years, you know, BRGR is a growth vehicle for us. We've got three now, and, you know, the economic model works pretty good. It's a good brand, and, and people seem to like it a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're looking at some potential opportunities outside the market, but uh, we're not quite finished with Kansas City yet. <laughs> you you got to keep growing. I know you, guys, I know you guys have – one of the things you talked about, uh, we've got a minute left yeah. in the show, is uh, the decision to, instead of growing BRGR all over the, the country, is to – Give your, your 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 solid customers, you know, a different option. Right. I mean, if they exactly. want to go have a steak, they can have a steak. If they want to have a burger, they have a burger. If they want to have an Italian fare uh, at night at uh, Urban Table, they can do that. That's a perfect that's way to, to 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 end it. Is yeah, that's what bread and butter concepts is all about. You know, we offer that to the community. They can get a lot of things at a lot of different our places, and they like us, and we do a great job for them. Then you know, they can come multiple times a week to a bread and butter concept restaurant. I love that. Alan Galen, owner of Bread and Butter Concepts, has been our guest. The website, again, is breadinbutterconcepts.com. Check out all of the restaurants throughout Kansas City. Again, those are uh, Urban Table, BRGR, Taco Republic, Stock Hill, uh, The Oliver, Graham and Dunn. Uh, what am I missing there? And then Cherry Hall, Cherry Hall will be coming on here soon. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's been a great show. I hope you've all enjoyed it. We'll see you again next week. Take care and have a good one.